Welcome to the Switch Leader Podcast, where we decide today the leader we will be tomorrow. Well, welcome back to the Switch Leader Podcast. I am your host, Vince Parker. And today I'm excited to have with me my good friend, Mr. James Meehan. James, sir, how are you doing today? I am doing wonderful, and I'm super excited to be on the Switch Leader Podcast with you. Very awesome, man. Glad to have you here today. Now, as the recording of this podcast, it's right before Easter. So here's my question for you, sir. Do you have any particular Easter traditions that you and your wife, Mandy, are either developing or have been doing for the past couple of years? Yeah, I mean, as far as Easter traditions, the number one thing is to serve at all of our services on Easter weekend here at the church. And in addition to that, we will do brunch with her family one of the days leading up to Easter, you know, because we've got services Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And so I think this week our plan is on Friday to do brunch with her family because a lot of us will be at the church all weekend. And so we'll do family brunch then, serve all weekend, get to experience tons of people coming to church for the first time or the first time in a long time. And then hopefully sometime next week, we'll get to head out to Tulsa and see my family and uh, do a little Easter stuff with them. Okay, very good. Now, let me ask you this. Uh, Some people like to dress up for Easter. Are you a dress up for Easter type of person? Oh, of course. Dude, I will be dressed up rocking my Welcome to Life Church red host team shirt all weekend long. And if that's not dressed up, I don't know what is. Will you be adding a little bit of extra starch to it to make sure it stays nice and crisp? (laughs) No, I'm not a big uh, starching my t-shirts kind of guy. Okay, just like like to let it flow naturally. Yep, absolutely. Well, very good. Well, James, we're going to dive into an upcoming series that I'm excited about. Um, I think... I'm going to let you introduce the title of it because I do not want to say it wrong. But James, go ahead and tell us about our upcoming series. What's the title of it and what's it all about? Yeah, so starting in April, following our Switch Easter experience, we're kicking off a series titled Shalom. Shalom is the Hebrew word that means peace, but it means so much more than peace. Shalom is the joining together of God, humanity, and all creation in justice, fulfillment, and goodness, right? It's it's peace, but it's more than peace. It's not just the absence of conflict. Shalom is the presence of God's reign and rule here on earth as it is in heaven. It is the way things are meant to be. And for those of us living in the year 2021, we are living on the other side of the empty tomb, the other side of the resurrection of Jesus. And because of Easter, everything has changed, right? During Jesus' life, he launched the church. In his death, he conquered sin, but through his resurrection, he defeated death. And so now as his church, the people of God living out the will of God, we have been filled with his spirit and commissioned to continue the work of putting all the broken things back together, to literally bring heaven to earth so that once again, order is brought to chaos. Shalom is present here on earth as it is in heaven. And so that's what we'll be exploring during our April series. Okay. Very awesome. So let's let's cover some logistical questions up front. Is this a four-week series, a three-week series? How long is this series? So for Switch in real life, this will be four weeks. For Switch Online, it will only be three weeks. The reason being is because we had to move some things around to make sure that Switch Online and Switch in real life both got to celebrate the Switch Easter experience during the week of Easter and not either too early or too late. And so for Switch in real life, it'll be four weeks. Switch Online, it'll be three weeks. And 
both for Switch in real life and Switch Online, we will be closing out the series with a global Switch worship night, which I think will just be okay. an incredible opportunity for all of our students, all of our leaders, all of our campuses to celebrate together the fact that the tomb is empty and that Jesus is king. I don't ever remember if we've ever done a, a full, have we ever done a full worship night at Switch before? That's really cool. I think we may have done one or two in the past, but I mean, this will be definitely the best one ever. I love it. The best one ever. Now, James, <laughs> in the messages, is this is your, is this your typical start preaching, go straight through type of message, or is there some uniqueness to this message in the way they're set up? Yeah, so these ones are going to look a little bit different, and the reason being is because here's what we understand about young people today is that they are growing up in a Christian, sorry, they're growing up in a culture that is best defined as post-Christian, right? So in generations past, most people who at least live in the United States of America grew up in a culture that was predominantly Christian, meaning people assumed Christianity is true, God is real, and the Bible is good. But now we are living in a day and age where our culture has become post-truth and post-Christian, meaning that way more people than ever before are no longer making those same assumptions. They don't assume that Christianity is true, that God is real, or that the Bible is good. And so because of that, our approach to discipling this generation has had to change because they're not just asking the question, is the gospel relevant to me? They're asking the question, is the gospel bigger than me? And sometimes before we even get to there, they're asking the question, is this even true? And that's why we are adapting our approach somewhat to figure out how we can better equip our young people to wrestle with hard truths rather than simply providing them easy answers. We're inviting them into the journey of discovery because the truth is, is that when people are able to do the work of discovering what's true, they're going to be more committed to the conclusion that they arrive at. And what we know is that at the end of the day, what is true is found in the person of Jesus. And so we're going to create some space in the context of these messages each week to allow our students to see other students wrestling, discovering, processing, and arriving at the conclusion of what is true. So the way it'll look is each message will kind of be broken up into like three parts. It'll be one seamless thing, but for the sake of explaining it, it's easy to kind of think of it in three parts. So the first part okay. will be the communicator, setting up the topic for the night and introducing the scripture. The second part will be the communicator having a discussion with a group of students about what they just read in scripture. And then the third part will be that communicator kind of wrapping up the conversation, landing the plane and leading into the challenge and the call to Christ. And the reason why we want to do this is because, like I said, we want to not just tell our students that it's good to wrestle. We don't want to just teach our students how to wrestle. We actually want to show our students healthy examples of what it looks like to wrestle, to ask questions, to process, to discuss. Because the truth is, is that like since the beginning of Christianity, since even before that, right, before Jesus stepped onto the scene, so much of the Jewish tradition was built around the Jewish people opening up the scriptures and then having a conversation about what it is they felt like God was speaking. And so what we want to do is showcase that for our students to help them understand that life change always happens in the context of relationships. And that as we are seeking God together, that together part is really, really important. And hopefully what this will do is give those students permission to ask questions, permission to share their opinions and their perspectives. And in the context of community together, we can move closer to what's true, to what's good, and to the life that God has called us to live.
That's awesome, James. I think what I like about that is that whether your students are those who are completely post-Christian and they're coming to church for the very first time because their friend invited them, or maybe they've been coming to church all their life, what it's actually doing is preparing them to even have conversations with friends when they go to college or Absolutely. join the army or whatever, where they don't hit, hit with this for the very first time when they're not surrounded with friends who are believers and they're typical Christian communities, whether it be a college professor that comes at them or a drill sergeant or the guy on the job who's an electrician who's like, I don't believe what you just said, and they come at them like that. So I think well done <laughs> right. on preparing that. What can I do as a leader to help prepare myself and better set myself up for success during leading through this particular series? Yeah, I think one of the really important things for you as a leader to prepare yourself for is the reality that when it comes to reaching a generation of teenagers that are post-Christian, we have to sort of redefine what the win of a message is. So what I mean by that is for years, I defined the win of a switch message as if at the end of the night, I asked a student what the main idea was, they could repeat it back to me. And for years, that's the way that I would develop my communication and craft our content so that our students could remember what the main idea of each message was. But what I found is that over the course of so many years, that even though I was able to get students to repeat back to me the main idea of the message, it wasn't actually moving them to want to learn more about Jesus and to live more like Jesus, right? What I was doing is I was giving them easy answers and they were able to repeat them back to me, but I wasn't creating a desire in them to become more like Jesus. And when I think about our young people today, those who are skeptical of the things of God, what we're looking at is really shifting the way that we think about what makes a great message a great message. And so instead of our focus being on, is it simple? Is it clear? Is it memorable? Our real focus is now on, are we actually inviting these people into the process of discovering who Jesus is? Are we creating a desire in them to want to learn more about Jesus and to live more like Jesus? And because of that, there are going to be times where the messages are a little bit more um, spiritually deep and theologically intense. And we're absolutely okay with that because here's what we found over the last month or two is that the more spiritual depth and theological intensity there is, the more questions that these students are asking. And I've gotten to hear so many amazing stories of small groups that have gone on this journey of discovery together where these students have heard something and they didn't quite understand it. So they brought that question to their small group and then in their small group, they together looked for, researched, and studied to find an answer. And it's you know funny because I've also heard some examples where as a small group leader, they were like some of you were being asked questions that you didn't have answers to. And I just want to remind you that that is totally okay. Your job is not to have all the answers. Your job is to love and serve and lead like Jesus, right? It's okay to be a guide and not a teacher. If a young person, if a student asks you a question that you don't know the answer to, remember that saying, I don't know, is not a sign of weakness. It is a sign of wisdom. Just make sure that you follow that I don't know with a, but hey, let's go find an answer together. And then what you are doing is you're modeling that journey of discovery with your students, and they're going to be more committed to the conclusion that you all arrive at because they got to be a part of that journey. This is why we're so passionate about when it comes to reaching teenagers today, if we want to really develop them to be lifelong, faithful disciples of Jesus, we can't just give them easy answers. We have to create a desire in them 
to learn more about Jesus and to live more like Jesus. And so what that means is there are going to be times where messages are a little bit more deep, a little bit more intense, and students are not going to understand everything. And that's okay. That's actually really healthy because if we look at the way that Jesus taught throughout the Gospels, there were a lot of times (laughs) where he would teach in such a way that people would walk away with more questions than answers. But it was through discovering the answers to those questions that people's faith was deepened and they were equipped to be able to discern between what's true and what isn't. So it sounds like what you're saying is you can give a man a fish or you can teach a man how to mm, fish. Come on, Vince. And yes. I love that we're <laughs> teaching people how to fish and how to not only just fish, but how to be excited about fishing, Absolutely. how to enjoy fishing and how to, when someone confronts them about fishing, to explain why they love to fish and why they're excited about fishing. And so, uh, James, thank you for all the hard work that you put into making these messages happen and, and all the work you do with all of our youth pastors who are part of our communication team. James, before we get out of here today, uh, anything else you'd like to share with our leaders? I mean, the last thing I want to share is this quote by a guy, Antoine de Saint-Exupéry. I don't know if I said that right. He's French, so I probably butchered it. But this quote has kind of been something I've been thinking a lot about when it comes to how we can help our students become more fully devoted followers of Christ. And you you may have heard this, but here's what he says. He says, if you want to build a ship, don't drum up people to gather wood, divide the work and give orders. Instead, teach them to yearn for the vast and endless seas. And so the way that that translates Mm -hmm. into how we're thinking about leading our students to become fully devoted followers of Christ is recognizing that, look, I can give you all the right answers. I can give you all the right steps, but really what people need is to be able to yearn, to long, to desire a real relationship with Jesus. And so when we can present Jesus to our students in a way that's true, that's good, and that's faithful, that longing to learn more about him and to live more like him will then drive them to own their own faith, to seek truth, to do the things that most people aren't willing to do. And on the other side of that, they'll have a deeper and more resilient faith than if we simply are giving them all of the right answers. Very awesome, James. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. And to all the Switch leaders out there, no matter where you serve in Switch, whether it be during the week, leading a city group, leading a small group on a Wednesday night, uh, Switch host team, whether you're a coach, no matter where you serve on Switch Online, I want to personally thank you for all that you do to help lead students become fully devoted followers of Christ. Your treasures in heaven are endless. I know that God is using you, growing you, and increasing your faith daily. And thank you for listening to the Switch Leader Podcast, where we decide today the leader we will be tomorrow.